Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, today we're talking about Jesus and specifically the generosity of Jesus. He is on mission to give good gifts towards his people, towards the church. And these gifts, you know, they manifest themselves in all kinds of different ways throughout the church, but they do have a real purpose to them. They're to fill the church, to glorify God, and to build up his people. And so today, Christian, Jesus is looking to you and he wants to give you good gifts for his purposes. You are a vessel for him today. And in this conversation, Pastor Nate's going to lead us through the book of Ephesians um, to kind of see what Jesus is up to within his church and with these gifts for his purposes. really digging your style of writing lately it feels like you're um you've got like little seasons of things like little like oh do uh, tell like you got your roman series you got your ephesians series you got your marriage series you're like the netflix of christian writing right yes he's got these little different things going on i'm always excited like what's what's next but that makes me feel bad because it makes me feel like what you really want is for me to release all episodes <laughs> at the same time yeah i want to binge read all yeah. these articles no i'm more like the hulu that's but, true yeah. yeah weekly yeah same series you're gonna have but... to stay tuned <laughs> i've been digging it man this kind of series through Ephesians has been really fun. If you're listening to this and you haven't been following along, Nate's been doing a weekly article um, through the book of Ephesians every week on his website. They've been killer. Um, This week we're talking about one article in particular. It's called Appreciate Christ's Generosity. And I thought this was just a really great article, Nate. Um, Springs out of the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Um, verses 7 through 10. And uh, before we get into the article, let's just talk about these verses real quick. Can you tell us what was Paul speaking to the Ephesian church in this particular part of the letter? Yeah, so the second half of, I mean, really, the whole book of Ephesians deals so heavily with the church, the new humanity that Jesus created through his death, burial, and resurrection. But the second half of the letter deals with the way that the church is to live and operate. And especially Ephesians 4, he wants to talk particularly about a gift Mm -hmm. that Christ gave to each one of us. And he talks, it's it's an interesting phrase, he talks about uh, Jesus ascending, Mm -hmm. but before he ascended and gave gifts, he descended to the lower regions but after descending, ascended, and gave gifts to men that he might fill all things. Now, right. he goes on, you know, we, I think we, part of what we could think of those gifts that he gave from his ascended seat, we could think of the spiritual gifts that he gave, mm-hmm. uh, the 19 or so spiritual gifts that are listed in the New Testament. So we could think of the spiritual gifts that he gave, but then... Right after this, and the article doesn't cover that passage, but in verse 11 and 12, he talks about how he gave to the church 
word-based offices, you know, so apostles, prophets, right. evangelists, and pastor teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But that was part of what he gave. The gifts that he gave were these word-based ministers. So I think it's not unfair to include in thinking about these verses that we have before us today, the spiritual gifts, right. but really what Paul has mostly in mind are the, I mean, you could call them spiritual gifts also, they're spiritual in nature, but of the word-based ministries hmm. that God has for the church. Very cool. Um, I'd love just to kind of dig into this a little bit, and maybe this first question is just related more to um, grace, because hmm. uh, it'd be kind of cool to maybe define it a little bit, for this passage, I'll just kind of quote one thing you said, and we can kind of talk about it. You wrote that the grace Paul writes of is not the saving grace of Christ, but the enabling grace of Christ. So it's kind of like this gift that you're talking about, mm -hmm. a gift of enabling. Can you talk to us about the meaning of grace that Paul's talking about, and what does it actually enable us to do? You just spoke about some of those gifts, but can you kind of go a little deeper into that? Yeah, so... The, um, you know, the, the, the grace that he's speaking of here is that which is operational mm. inside of us. It actually does something, you know, through us. It's not just something that we receive in justification, but it leads to something else. And not exclusively just sanctification, although as mm. we're serving the Lord, that's part of our sanctification process, but it's, it's us you know, doing and working and moving for the Lord. To quote 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, mm. to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's part of God's grace, that the Spirit would give to us gifts that we might be able to uh, be used by the Lord. So uh, I guess, you know, maybe a way to think about this is when the Lord saved you, part of his grace for you and it feels a little bit like parsing out grace to mm. say like this isn't saving grace but this is working you know enabling right. grace it's all grace it's just one big you know thing but it just does different things to totally, us totally but mm. when he saved you you know ephesians 2 10 you're his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works that he has foreordained for you to walk in. So there is this grace to become that. Yeah. You know, he went to heaven, ascended to the right hand of the Father. Now there is this grace that he wants to operate towards you so that you could become everything that you need to become, not just in your life or to fulfill your wildest dreams mm -hmm. or to be the best version of you, but everything that you need to become so that you can be a gift to the church, to the new that. humanity. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what you're asking me or we're getting at. I don't know. Yeah, that was exactly what I was trying to get at because I, I think that sometimes, you know, for me personally, it can get kind of confusing when you're talking about grace. Like what, what does that word actually mean? Like you kind of said, it's just a, it's a big word it, and it does a lot of things that the grace of God does a lot of things. And one thing it does is it enables us to be a gift to the church. I just like how you even said that. And even speaking of that, um, you also wrote that Jesus's current goal is to fill his church completely. I just love that idea. Um, 
so let's just talk about the enabling grace that helps us do that. Um, how does enabling grace move us towards God's plan for the church to be filled completely? Like what does completeness look like to God? Well, that's a question that people have written entire books about and mm. have, have, I think in some ways have different definitions for, yeah. for what that would, would look like, mm-hmm. you know, some would think of his grace working in us to the degree that we're filling uh, culture and society and all that. And then others, it's a little bit more of an isolated, hmm. you know, kind of community that is separated and its own thing. And obviously over church history, there's been a lot of different views as to how this is to look, are we supposed to isolate and, you know, be, um, uh, exclusive is probably the wrong word, but exclusive in the sense that we're just gone from everyone, or are we to be the culture makers, the art makers, you know, all of that, which one is the right emphasis? I think I'd probably say to me, it's a little bit of both, you know, to Mm -hmm. me, it just doesn't seem like the biblical emphasis is, hey, we need to go out and our big priority is art making, culture making, um, you know, being good people, being people of industry, you know, the business world, all of that. I think that's part of Christ filling all things. Hmm. Um, but there is also this sense in which we are a new humanity, a new creation. We are in the world, yet not of it. Mm. We do, as much as we wish it wasn't the case, we do speak a different language uh, in the sense that we've adopted scriptural thought and mm. and the, the, the mind of Christ. So there does seem to be a, a separation. And, and not only that, uh, there does seem to be a stronger commission from the Lord than that of uh, culture maker, you know, that side of things right. in that we're called to make disciples. We're called, we are called to evangelize. There is the reality that there are people that are lost and dying and don't know the Lord and need to be transferred from the kingdom of darkness to light. So what does it look like for enabling grace to empower us to be the vehicles by which Christ fills all things. Well, I mean, take a million different Christians and it looks a million different ways because of the ways that he's gifted you, called you, male, female, what race, what background, what education, what temperaments, what gifts he's given to you. Mm. It could look a lot of different ways, but there's going to be some kind of mixture there of doing a good job with whatever your vocation is, mm. um, being, you know, a, a person who is contributing well to your right. culture and society, um, being a person who evangelizes and makes disciples and places the kingdom of God above everything else, mm. you know? So I, I, I wish I could be clearer than that, but at some point Christ will come and 
fill all things and Amen, it'll be very dude. obvious. Yeah. But right now it's just a little bit more, well, I, I don't know exactly how that will look. Totally. Totally. No, thanks for kind of going into that a little bit. And even in your answer, um, I wanted to ask you about this. You mentioned um, gifts, like spiritual gifts. I'm just thinking, you know, there's, there's probably some people who are listening right now who are maybe just kind of curious about like what their spiritual gifts are. They're mm -hmm. like, I want to take a hold of this grace that God's given me. I want to be a blessing to my church. But like, what what are my gifts? Um, maybe you could speak to that for a moment. How can someone find out like what their spiritual gifts are in the church so they can be mm -hmm. a blessing to the church? Well, how can someone find out what their spiritual gifts are? Well, first of all, ask the Father for spiritual gifts. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 that when we ask and seek and knock, the Father gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask hmm. him. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit living inside of them, right. so there's no point in asking for the Holy Spirit in that kind of way. If you're a believer, mm -hmm. you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. He regenerated you. He caused you to be born of the Spirit, to be born again. Uh, but you can ask the Father for spiritual gifts. Could, mm. Would you, by your Spirit, grant to me specific gifts? He gives, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, spiritual gifts individually as he wills. So the Spirit has a will for you, a desire for you. So ask, number one. I think another thing is... Um, mm to in the asking uh listen yeah for sure. um and i, I don't want to make too much of this because you know it's as he wills not as you will so yeah there might be a particular gift as you read romans 12 or first corinthians 12 primarily that you say i want that gift so as you read Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, you're looking through those gifts. You might say, well, I want you know this particular gift, and that might not be what the Holy Spirit has for you. So I don't mean uh, listen in the sense of just, you know, like a Jedi, search your feelings, you know, kind of yeah. thing. What I mean is, it's not always the case, but there's a chance that through scripture reading, through hearing the word of God proclaimed through conversations with other believers, through listening to your own thoughts and desires, through what you end up saying as you are praying to God, and even through the still small voice of his spirit to your heart, there may be his confirmation to you, hey, I think I have this gift. Yeah. You know, I, I it just seems like something that, that I desire, that I want. So, um, listen, you know, um, and then also step out, yeah, you know, good. try yeah. attempt, you know, because it's in the attempting and the stepping out that you begin to make some of those first discoveries about giftings that the spirit may or may not yeah. have put in your life, you know? So uh, you step out, you hear someone talking about uh, giving and generosity, and you just get this impression like, you know what? I feel like the Lord wants me to 
um, give to anonymously to this person over here and just kind of help them out. Mm. So do it. And then what happens? Yeah. You know, were, were they abundantly blessed? Were you abundantly blessed? What happened in return? Is there a deep heartache and longing for you to do that again, to do more of that? It may be that God has given you one of the, you know, Romans 12 speaks of the gift of generosity, you know, so same with leadership or teaching or um, plenty of other gifts that are there that you can kind of step out in and attempt and try. Now, some of the Mm. spiritual gifts are just not like that, you know, the word of knowledge, yeah. for instance, you, you really can't step out and try, as, as at least as far as I can imagine, to operate in the gift of knowledge. It's something that you're just straight up receiving yeah. from the Lord at a particular instance. So that would lead me to another exhortation on this would be to be open, mm. to be open. You know, as you are going through your Christian life, and you're walking through life and in conversations, just be open. Like, God, are you, is there something you want to say right now? Is there something that you want me to add right now? Is there any impression that I have? It doesn't have to be like, thus saith the Lord. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, an oddity necessarily. It can just be something where you're, you're like, I think that God wants me to, to, to give this encouragement right now or to say yeah. this right now. And then another thing I would say is to um, be expectant about one particular gift, and that would be the gift of prophecy as described in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Yeah. So uh, the reason I'm saying it that way is because when I say prophecy, people, you know, our first reaction is to think of Nostradamus or, yeah. um, you know, the prophets of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And what we're thinking of a lot of times is something that is highly predictive Mm -hmm. or maybe not predictive, but confrontational Totally, uh, because that's what the, especially the old Testament prophets were like, they were either predicting what would come to pass or they were confronting national sins in Israel, you know, things like that. But in first Corinthians 14, Paul says that the gift of prophecy is when, when somebody prophesies in the church, they're using a gift which speaks words of edification and exhortation and comfort. Mm-hmm. And in that same first Corinthians passage, he said, I, de- I wish that all of you would prophesy. Yeah. And he said, earnestly desire the spe- the best gifts, especially that you would prophesy. So it's hard for me to read all of that in first Corinthians 14 and, and not think or conclude mm-hmm. I think the Holy Spirit really wants Christians to be able to have a gift of prophecy. So that's the one in particular that yeah. I would encourage people, dude, have a have an expectation that that's going to come. Mm-hmm. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That there's going to be something stirring inside of you that will be verbal, mm-hmm. that will be communicative, whether it's in a text message format or letter writing or a voice memo or face-to-face or an email or phone call or whatever that is edifying or encouraging or comforting yeah. to another believer. And just have an expectation that God wants to use you that way. Amen. Like all the time. 
you know, like, I mean, I'm looking at you, like, has there been a time in your life or a day in your life where you're like, you know, like when it comes to comfort or encouragement or mm. exhortation, I'm like pretty good today. Don't you know, like, to today. I just I don't, yeah. if somebody came along with that, don't need it. Like, no, <laughs> we're, we're, we're always ready for that, you know, always in need of that. And mm. I think that for me, and you know, I think of that passage in first Samuel, uh, chapter three in the early stages of Samuel's life, where it gives the author gives a little commentary about what Israel was like during the previous priesthood regime of Eli and his sons before Samuel. And as Samuel was growing older, it it declared that there was a famine of mm-hmm. the word of the Lord. Yeah, man. So I've always taken that in our modern context to think about like, man, it's such a bummer when churches don't open the scripture, when they don't think about the Bible, when they don't talk about, you know, the written word of God. It's such a shame for there to be a famine of the word of God. But could we also think of it like, isn't it a bummer when in a church there's just a famine of exhortive, Mm. encouraging, comforting communication between fellow believers. Wow. So I I think that's, we can have an expectation that God wants to use us Mm. in that kind of gifting, that that kind of gifting of prophecy. Amen. You just touched on it a bit, but I thought we'd just close the episode by um, kind of talking about this for a second. I, I just wondered if you could just take a moment as the pastor of our church, made us speak to the church for a second, like, this whole article is talking about appreciating Christ's generosity, receiving this gift of grace, taking hold of it, using it, stepping out like you were just talking about. How would you as the pastor, how would you just like like to see our church move forward in, a, in appreciating Christ's generosity? What are ways that we can just really do that like very practically? I think the major way for me like right now mm-hmm. is when we started our life group or small group ministry six plus years ago, the real mission was to network people together. You know, it just really felt like we were a large collection of people who did not know each other interpersonally and probably cared to know each other interpersonally, but just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And so, to be able to have a mechanism a couple times a year to sign up, to be in a group, to go sit with other Christians. It just kind of began to build some of those Mm -hmm. synapses and joints and ligaments that kind of just brought us together. And I think for me, just like looking at the church now, I'm so thankful. I really do feel like I pastor a church of small groups rather Mm -hmm. than a church with small groups. It just really seems that way to me. I'm so thankful for those connections and for those relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have two kind of like a twofold exhortation. One is I know I'm, I'm certain that there are people in our church today who partook of some of those groups, got their friends, mm-hmm. and now feel, look, I got I got Sunday, I got my friends, hmm. I don't need the official group anymore because I, I have a group. You know, I, I've got people to sit with, I've got people to know, you know, stuff like that. 
And I'd encourage you, there's other people who don't have that. So continue to allow yourself to be faithfully committed. Plus, there's just so much that happens when you faithfully just show week after week. You know, when you when you just kind of lose touch from that, it's just hard. So continue to be there. Go pray, you know, be together. But I think the second thing that I would say is um, I would just encourage the church to don't just stop with a friendship that is just friendly, Hmm. but I would encourage you to really be bold in your friendship. Like like real friends, you know, they, they encourage each other, exhort each other, comfort each other. I would encourage you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and offering that to the people in, in your life, you know, really, you know, not pushing each other around, not, not, not speaking to each other like a, Hey, I know what's best for you, you know, kind of thing, but really recognizing we're in a war together. We need more than just, you know, chit chat together or a light touch on our Christianity. We need to really exhort each other Mm. and bless each other in a spiritual kind of sense. So maybe you've never been the kind of person to to share a scripture with someone else. Hey, I was reading this. I just thought of you. I thought this would be an encouragement to you. Give it a shot. Like people just don't trip on yeah, that. It's, totally. it's it's a blessing. Maybe you've never been the kind of person to ask another Christian that you respect, hey, do you want to read a book together? I'm thinking about reading this. Would you like to read it also? We could discuss it, you know. Um, maybe you've never been the kind of person to walk up to someone else and say, you know, I've been praying for you. And I was thinking this about you. I just wanted to encourage you in this area, Mm. you know, but I just, I just, my encouragement is just be a little bit bolder. You know, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything, any way that I can help you and just watch and see what happens when you step out a little bit in that boldness. My, I think my fear is just that we kind of can get like our homies and then we just relax with that, you know, and Mm we're in each other's lives to help shape and mold each other. So keep going, I think is the exhortation that I've got. If you'd like any more content from Pastor Nate, you can always find more resources at nateholdridge.com or calvary.com. And if you'd like to stay in touch just with what Pastor Nate is speaking about and writing about, on a regular basis, you can go to nateholdridge.com and sign up for his newsletter there. Also, be on the lookout for Pastor Nate's new book called Let Us Hear. It's coming out soon and you can pre-order it today online. Thanks again for joining us today in this conversation and until next time, God bless you.